Welcome to the Embracing Brokenness podcast, where our goal is to engage with all of those willing to venture deeper into their transformational journey with Christ. Here's your host and co-founder of Embracing Brokenness Ministries, Steve Adams. Welcome everyone to the Embracing Brokenness podcast. Thanks for joining me again. We are going to do what we did last time, bring this to you on video. So you have a couple options. Uh, you can go to YouTube on our YouTube channel there at Embracing Brokenness Ministries, a new handle that is on YouTube now. Or if you are a subscriber to Spotify, you can also check out the video there as well. Or just keep listening. This is uh, our invitation for you to join us today. Thanks for doing so. Uh, I'm going to read something to you to start with. And this is from James chapter 3, Wisdom from Above. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Now that may be familiar to some of you, but the topic I chose this week I think is really critical for us to think about, not only as a society right now, maybe in your business career, but definitely in almost every relationship. So I pose this question, am I a peacemaker? And the reason I said am I a peacemaker because I have to adapt this myself. This is not something that I want to ask you because I had to ask myself that same question. And I think there are times when that's true and there are times when it isn't. And usually when it isn't is when I have my own self-interest at heart. So this is the challenge today. I'm going to walk through this a little bit together. Just think about, for example, the political climate that we live in right now. <laughs> I'm not getting political. I'm just saying, just think about that climate. We just came off an election very divisive, very close. It tells you a lot about the country as a whole, but what I wouldn't call it was peaceful in the sense that, yeah, the election itself was, but boy, was there barbs being thrown constantly at each other during the process. And what I think what bothers me when I start to watch how that sort of thing develops, um, I see lies on both sides just being spewed. And when people believe lies about someone else or themselves, that is anything but a peacemaking activity. We just read it right here. It's, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, gentle, and open to reason. But even going back to verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you, by his good conduct let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. There's nothing meek about being boastful. There's nothing meek about being self-absorbed. I think a lot of the things that we come up against as a society are around this critical conversation of how do we interact with one another and can we and should we make peace at all costs, some costs, no cost, 
Let's chat about it a little bit more. So over my career, I did a lot of um, coaching and consulting work, probably later, I would say, in my career. But during those times, I would um, sit with individuals and also a lot of times with owners of businesses, and we would we would just chat about the things that they struggle with most in their business or even in their, again, in their personal lives. And a common theme, a common theme across the board is conflict. How do we resolve conflict? And, uh, you know, it's funny because I had a, a pastor one time that said, you know, ministry would be great if it weren't for the people. Yeah. Well, everything would be great if it weren't for the people, except you wouldn't have any people and you wouldn't have the interactions that we have that really make relationships on this planet well worth the effort. And so um, what I used to do is I teach, um, I taught recently, actually, I just was asked to, to present in a mastermind group with a group of business owners. There's about a dozen of them in the room, and I chose the topic of crucial conversations. Now, where does that all come from? Well, let me show you. There's a book that was written eh, a little while ago, holding up right here, uh, by... Um, well, it's actually by a group of individuals that are part of an organization that was called Vital Smarts, Vital Learning, I think it is now. Uh, Joseph Grenny was somebody uh, in here that I met, talked with, and, and what I really appreciate about this book, it's a study in many ways on behavioral science and how we as individuals can interact when conversations become crucial. Now, there's only... You know, a small percentage, I would say, of conversations that we would categorize as crucial, right? But three things have to be present. Three individual things. Opinions vary, right? That makes sense. Emotions would run high on any particular conversation we're having, and those are two. The third, though, is the one that makes most sense when you mix it in and the stakes are high. And I use this example a lot. I have a friend of mine who's a Los Angeles Dodgers fan. I'm a Phillies fan. You know, we go back and forth on baseball games. In fact, I was able to visit Dodgers Stadium a couple of years ago, and the Phillies happened to be playing there, and he got tickets. We all went. And, of course, I was surrounded by Dodgers fans in my Phillies attire. That wasn't as friendly as you would hope. So there might have been some crucial conversations we would have had. But one of the things that's true, our opinions vary on our teams. We love our teams, right? Sometimes it can get emotional. I mean, we were just at the, in the World Series. We, listen to me. We, the Phillies, because I own them, uh, were just in the World Series. But see, that's the last piece. When I'm bantering back and forth with my Dodgers fan, who's a friend of mine, there's no stakes in the, in the conversation. They're not high. They're low. In fact, I don't own the team. He doesn't own the team. Maybe if we did, the stakes might be a little high, but we're talking sports here. We're not talking about critical issues here. <laughs> but those three things are present in crucial conversations. And how we approach them so often, uh, if we could just slow down to speed up sometimes, because a lot of times when we don't talk it out, which is the key to engaging in any kind of conflict, talking it out, if we don't talk it out, we act it out. And I've seen that so many times in my business career. I've seen it in my own individual life, in relationships that I've had. We, <laughs> Colleen and I have had only a couple of those at, at a time, uh, over time, I should say. But 
my response and her response is what brings about a healing environment for us to deal with those differences that we have. And I think for each of us, peacemaking is a question. Am I a peacemaker? So when I get into those difficult situations, when I find myself struggling because opinions vary and our, my emotions are running high and the stakes are also high, what do I do? How do I respond? So think about that because this is where I want to dig in a little, little um, further. <laughs> also, while we're on books, uh, I happen to be a big Stephen Covey fan. I think this book was <laughs> Seven Habits of Highly Effective People was written back in 89. So I'm tell you a little bit, you know, when I was in my prime of my career now, maybe a little later than that. But this was something really important to understand what he says. One of his seven habits, there's several that I like, you know, win-win is a good one, uh, winning strategy for both sides. Um, one might say compromise is often required. I'll let you define what compromise is. But it's true. There are times when it's not critical that we find middle ground, isn't there? Politics and relationships and all sorts of things we find ourselves in the middle of. But one of the things that he says in here is that we first must seek to understand before being understood. Yeah, you get that? We need to understand before being understood. My wife has a say, Colleen has a saying, she says, help me understand. Well, when I know that question is there, it means there's something churning inside and maybe we're not in agreement. But I like the question because we can ask anyone in a conflict or anyone in a situation where we're struggling to make peace, I guess, help me understand. It's, it's a great, great question. Help me understand, because I don't oftentimes, the lens in which I view things is distorted. Come on, let's face it. We have our own biases. We grew up in a certain era. We grew up with influences outside of us and inside of us that took root. You know, one of the things that we talk about in Identity Matters is a class that we teach and ones that we encourage to go deeper into their healing journey is the fact that we now understand within the last decade or two just what the neuro neuroscience of the brain and what happens with neural pathways that are developed over time kind of super highways in our brain that get etched we have a reaction to almost everything the same way or we develop habits even and we respond a certain way the coolest thing about that is this way god made us is that we can rewire our brain. They, we can develop new neural pathways and new ways of thinking if we're committed to change and committing to do it. I think for uh, me, over the years, when I was coaching and consulting with people, it made me dig deeper into this subject. And the Bible has a lot to say about peacemaking. So I want to bring a few scriptures into this. Makes sense, right? So let's go to Matthew 5, 9 to 12. You can look it up if you like, or just listen in. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute at you, utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Okay. Blessed are the peacemakers. 
have to think about that. Okay. I mean, this is, this is coming from God's Word. This is one of the Gospels. This is something that we need to understand. As Jesus is doing his sermon on the mount and and we have the beatitudes and this is part of that these are things that we need to consider so peacemakers we're blessed if we are okay how do we define that let's see okay let's go to romans 12 16 to 20 live in harmony with one another do not be haughty but associate with the lowly never be wise in your own sight interesting right never be wise in your own sight repay no one evil for evil but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Okay. Okay, honorable. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Okay. That sounds like a command. It's as if possible, but we can go deeper. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Well, we won't get into that. But we can see that living in harmony with another, one another, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So, hmm, what do we do with that? What does peacemaking entail? Well, again, good question, but let's go back to James for just a second. I'm going to go back to the beginning of James. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Here we go. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith and no doubts. Okay. Understand? There is wisdom from above that is available to us in every situation that we find ourselves in a conflict. Uh, and conflicts can be slippery slopes. They can be difficult. We need wisdom. Okay. And peacemaking is part of that process because it's not our first instinct. It just isn't our first instinct. You know, I was, uh, I was, well, Colleen and I were coming home from, um, I think one of the days we were volunteering uh, at the mission where she works. Uh, I oftentimes prepare her coffee in the morning. Okay. She's slow to drink it a lot of times, but she gets a refill at work. But I put it in a container, you know, with a screw top. And so we were jumping out of the car on the way home, and it, I noticed that it was still a little bit full, but I stuck it in the, in the pocket of my backpack. And when I jumped out of the car, threw the backpack on me, I dropped something on the ground, I bent over, and the coffee spilled all over me. The lid went flying, <laughs> so did the coffee mug. All right, I had a few choice words. I don't know if I could say them all here. Maybe I could. I'm not sure. I don't remember, but I know I wasn't happy. And I grabbed the mug. <laughs> because it's rolling down the driveway, and I tossed it across the front yard. Been known for my temper when I was little, but I haven't done anything like that in a while, so I'm, I am frustrated. I am, and it's all, a, okay, seriously. She looks at me, and she just starts cracking up, and she heads into the house. She said, she said I'm not dealing with this bad behavior. You need to go, <laughs> you need to ask God about that. That was, you know, because I want to blame her for leaving the lid off 
you know, kind of loose on the coffee mug, which it was your fault. Let's face it. Come on. Well, really, is it that big of a deal? But watching what happened in me when I was anything but a peacemaker, there was a trigger. There was a trigger in that. So I think there are times when something happens in us as we're working through conflict. And of course, we can't leave out Matthew 18. I'm going to let you go there. I'm going to let you read Matthew 18 later on in the chapter where God talks a lot about what our response should be in conflict. We shouldn't go talking about it to other people. We should go one-on-one and resolve it. And if we can't resolve it, we should bring someone with us to help us mediate the problem. Great model. The only model. One that I think if we can master in our personal relationships or in business or in ministry or wherever it is you find yourself. Wow. It will be a completely different world. Can you imagine in Washington if they got together and they actually tried to find common ground and got things done? I think they do behind the scenes. We don't hardly know about it because it doesn't make news. Come on. You know, news is conflict. News is the horrible things happening in the world around us. Now, wouldn't it be great if we just unplug the news and go back to the reality of relationship? Remember, what is God's primary attribute? What does he say about himself is his primary attribute? Yes, it's love. Now, perfect love cast out all fear. Fear is often the, the, the uh, result of uncertainty in our lives or we, us needing to get our needs met a certain way and we're not plugging into the source of all that. And when we get into a conflict, when we are not peacemakers, when we are making war or conflict with our fellow believers a lot of times, okay, not just people that don't believe the way we do because I find it there as much as I do anywhere. Like, it's a slippery slope. So I want to show you something, and then I'll, and I'll put it up on the screen here, but the slippery slope, okay? And here it is. From one extreme, an escape response when we have conflict, or on the other side, attack response. Now, let me relate that to something in Crucial Conversations, uh, we either go to one of two places most of the time because in the middle is, is peacemaking. We go to silence. Anybody kind of go there first? Or we go to what they call violence or, or go to an anger response or some sort of a, an attack mode. <laughs> Extreme, but real. You know, we, for a good piece of my life, for the most part, I'd, I'd get quiet. Um, there were occasions when I threw the mug across the hall that went to, or about across the front yard, that was sort of attack mode. Not direct, and an indirect, almost passive attack, aggressive approach to my, my discomfort and anger in the moment. Okay. Somewhere in the middle is where we find peace. These responses range anywhere from accountability, okay, to arbitration, mediation, negotiation, reconciliation, or we can overlook them. Okay, that's sort of the peacemaking responses to conflict. Attack responses are assault, litigation. Well, you could say murder, but you know, in our mind, it's the same thing. We actually don't do it. On the other side, 
Escape responses would be our silence, more denial, flight, you know, from the consequences of it. And even, maybe even self-harm. Like we, it is a really slippery slope that I think James, in his particular passage here, wants us to address. He doesn't want us to sit in one of those extremes or even, or even off the fringes. He wants, he's challenging us. And, you know, James is a pretty straight shooter. Like, if you ever read the book, he didn't pull a lot of punches. He just goes after the truth and he kind of lays it on you. And I think when you look at it here, he even challenges us this. And this is where I think it, 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 we need to, to go back to. In, uh, in chapter 3, verses four, verse 14, it says, he says this, But if you have bitter jealousy and self-ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. Okay, go back to the truth statements. Okay, because we tend to bend things either intentionally or unintentionally sometimes to fit the narrative in the moment. Okay, just some things for you to begin to think about as we close this up. And I want to give you a little bit of an assignment, I guess we could say. So here's, here's some questions. If you have the ability to write them down, if not, replay it, or I'll put this up on the screen as we end also. How am I helping righteousness grow by creating a climate of peace? How am I helping righteousness grow by creating a climate of peace? That's what James is calling us up into. That's what I'm challenging us all to think about today. Am I a peacemaker? Am I the cause of the conflict? Am I simply avoiding conflict but not creating peace? Hmm. Remember, if we don't talk it out, we'll act it out really important principles in relationships, certainly not the way God calls us to operate with one another. Wisdom is marked by the internal qualities of gentle humility, which is called meekness, we heard that earlier, and purity, which leads to peace, not conflict. So, how am I seeking to develop those inner qualities? Great questions for you to consider. As you Look at this overall topic of peacemaking, what that means to you. And I look, I would encourage you go deeper. Like go into the God's Word. Look at look in Matthew. Look in Romans. Look in in James, and he goes into it. And there's a lot there, especially around the topic of wisdom that God wants to impart to us as we resolve the conflicts in our life. So, thank you all. I look forward to getting back into some new topics with you in the future, but this was one really near and dear to my heart that I have worked on so long and hard even in my own life, and I challenge you to do the same. Blessing. We'll see you back real soon. This was another episode of the Embracing Brokenness podcast. For more information on Embracing Brokenness Ministries or to subscribe to our blog, podcast, YouTube channel, or engage with us on social media, please visit our website at embracingbrokenness.org. Thanks for joining us.